All right. Welcome in, Outsiders. Thanks for tuning in with us again here. The NFL legal tampering period kicked off Monday, March 13th at noon Eastern time. We're recording this this Monday night. And the NFL free agency frenzy has lived up to that name. Plenty of player movement around the league. Some of the bigger names and their situations were waiting for those to resolve yet. Aaron Rodgers is one of those. It sounds like that deal's about 99% of the way there. A couple of Jets players tweeting out earlier today makes us think they know something that the rest of the world doesn't. Nothing official yet, so we're not going to spend too much time talking about Aaron Rodgers. Lamar Jackson, he can't talk yet with other teams until the new league year starts this Wednesday, March 15th at 4 p.m. Eastern. So nothing changed on that front either. We did have Jimmy Garoppolo signing a deal, reuniting him with Josh McDaniels in Las Vegas with the Raiders. They were together for a number of years in New England. A couple of big trades, though, to go over. They happen over the weekend. The big one, Chicago Bears, they just sniped that first overall pick thanks to the Texans beating the Colts in the last week of the year. Lovey Smith sticking it to the Texans on his way out, helping out his old team in Chicago. The Bears turned that into a haul. The first overall pick here in 2023, they turned into the ninth overall pick from Carolina, as well as the 61st overall pick, their second rounder this year. A first rounder in 2024, a second rounder in 2025, and star receiver DJ Moore finally giving Justin Fields a great talent on the outside. No Chase Claypool does not count. Darnell Mooney was certainly an ascending star, but Corey, I want to throw it to you first. What do you make of this big trade? The Panthers moving all the way up to presumably select the quarterback of their choice, but it is rumored they could still trade back down. Oh, I fully think they're going to trade back down. There's too many good quarterbacks. I think the best for their rebuild is to move back again, get some more assets, let somebody else make the mistake of picking the first quarterback off the board. It's going to be a really tough one. There's so many good ones. I still think my favorite quarterback in this class is Anthony Richardson, and he would be fantastic in Carolina. And supposedly Frank Reich loves Richardson, so – that's something I want to see happen, and it would be best for them to move back a little bit too. But did you guys know that this is only the seventh time since 1990 that the uh, the first pick has been traded back? It's only happened a few times, and it hasn't really worked out too well for other teams. 1990, you know, the Falcons, they traded it to the Colts, and the Colts got Jeff George. Shout out, Ryan. 1991, it happened. 95 it happened. That's when the Panthers traded out a one to the Bengals for Key Jenna Carter, a running back, taking a running back at one. And we thought the Giants were crazy taking Saquon a couple years ago too, right? The Chargers traded to the Falcons in 01 for Mike Vick. More recently in 2016, that's how we got uh, Jared Goff to the Rams when the Rams traded everything to the Titans. Not a lot of great players have been selected with that first overall pick. So um, it's interesting to me to see how this plays out because if the Panthers do pick somebody, history is not necessarily in their favor. But for their rebuild, I think moving back and hopefully even topping what the Bears got from them would be a pretty insane value for them, especially because now they control the market. If they have somebody they love, great, they can pick them. But if there's two or three guys who are all tied on their big board, 
which isn't, you know, unfathomable. They can just trade back and get whichever one falls to them and get some more uh, picks out of it. Yeah, I don't know about all of that. I think the only reason why you make a move like this is because you think you found the guy of the future. They gave up a bevy of prospects and picks and players to, you know, facilitate this. You don't do that. You don't give up those kinds of assets unless you think you have your guy. And it sounds like Frank Reich, you know, likes Richardson. You move up to take him. His value has only gone up. And as we've seen in the past, you know, you can't kind of bank on your guy falling. If you think that that's your guy, you think that's your guy of the future, and you found a way to move up to number one overall to take him, then that's what you do. And I think that's what the Panthers did. I think they realized we've missed on two veteran quarterbacks in Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield. We're going to go and try to start with a good prospect. They saw a way to facilitate a move. They knew that DJ Moore was not going to end up on the team. He was unhappy there and they felt like it was time to move on and get him to a new spot as well. So they were able to do that and acquire the first pick in the draft in order to get their guy, whether it's Richardson or not. I definitely don't think it's outside the range of outcomes for Carolina to again, trade back, but it's going to have to be, with a team like Houston or Indianapolis who simply just wants to make sure that they get their guy. To your guys' point, if Carolina has uh, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson all very close on their board where they'll be happy with any one of them, trading back with Houston or Indianapolis will get you probably close to what you gave up to move from 9-1 to just because it's going to be a spur-of-the-moment thing. They can try and inflate the price themselves on draft night, that sort of thing. And they'll still be able to get a guy they really like, a prospect they like. I have to believe that the Raiders bringing in Jimmy Garoppolo kind of takes them out of at least taking a quarterback at the top around one. Maybe they go for a day two or three guy to develop. But I, I, I saw like Will Levis's name linked to the Raiders. I think they're out on that market. So I think it's going to be Carolina, Houston, and Indianapolis the top three quarterbacks are, I think, going to go to those three teams. It's just going to be a matter of which one goes where, and then where will Will Levis end up uh, beyond that? Yeah, I think, you know, it's important to look at and kind of question why this trade happened when it did. Why did this happen so soon for the Carolina Panthers, right? Why did the Bears give – I mean, I guess the Bears felt like they got an offer they couldn't refuse. But why would you go make that trade when we haven't even seen Bryce Young's pro day? So you feel like his draft stock is not set in stone. What if Bryce Young goes and tears it up? All of a sudden, the guy you loved in Richardson might fall back a little bit further in the draft. You didn't have to give up what you did. Like, I think the value of that pick, you know, it just wasn't necessary at this time to make the move at this point. And I mean, whether it's from the bears perspective or the Panthers, because again, prospects are only gaining value right now. And guys are depending on who ends up being slotted as the projected number one pick. I mean, that's really what it comes. I mean, the only thing I could think of is either the bears got an offer that was too good to refuse 
or the Bears just didn't really see anyone they liked at number one overall. So I get that. I get just deciding to, you know, make the trade now. But for the Panthers' sake, I just don't know why this wasn't closer to draft day. I really don't think that they would have had to give up more than they did. Ben, I disagree. I think if this was closer to draft day, the Panthers would have had to give up a whole lot more, especially if Bryce Young's tank skyrocketed. You still have pro days for other players, too. I'm sure Anthony Richardson's going to perform at his pro day. CJ Stroud at his. Although they had the combine, they're still going to do other stuff and probably raise their their uh, stock as well. And now the Panthers are in the position that the Bears were in. If it goes like you say and a guy has a great pro day and they think their guy's going to fall, trade out of it. They can get something back and especially if a guy really goes nuts they'll be able to recoup most if not all plus more if they uh moved out of it to a team like the texans or the colts or maybe another mystery team that we don't know about it's going to be really interesting how this shakes out i really don't think the panthers are locked into the one pick here but the colts are a team i think that would do well to trade up and just get their guy after having lots of uh, veteran uh, presences over the last couple of years, just go get that young guy. So they might give up a lot more than is really necessary to the Panthers to get that one pick, especially if a guy that they like has a great pro day and they want to make sure they can get him. The Panthers control the draft now. And to me, that's the best, strongest position you can be in. I definitely like the sound of that, Corey. I would love to get off the quarterback carousel of nightmares that the Colts have been on since 2019. But this wasn't the only big trade that took place this weekend. This was the blockbuster, but Jalen Ramsey traded to the Dolphins for basically a bag of chips, a third round pick and a backup tight end with Hunter Long. Uh, Ben, what do you make of this trade? I love this trade for the Dolphins. I think you know, with all of the Byron Jones um, stuff going on and, you know, he came out and said how football has destroyed his body, but then he comes out and says he wants to keep playing and then they cut him, you know? So I think there was a little like just drama going on there. Not really too sure what's going on. And then the dolphins go out and they bring in a guy like Jalen Ramsey, which is just huge i think you know yeah maybe he's lost maybe a half a step or two but he's gone out there and he has continued to make plays and be one of the top cornerbacks in the league and when you're in a division with josh allen and all of those young weapons that the jets have you also figure you know they're in new england might give some trouble at some point if mac jones you know is able to figure it out it's it's definitely a guy you want to bring in. And the fact that you didn't have to give up anything really to get him, as you said, Ryan, a bag of chips, that just is the icing on the cake. You know, the Dolphins were ready to go out and make the move. It turns out the Rams just wanted to shed salary. They understand at this point they can no longer just trade away their draft picks. They need those draft picks because they won their Super Bowl and their window is now closed. Jalen Ramsey's, I think, a season away from being an all-pro corner. To get him for a third rounder and uh, 
in a who's who of a, of a tight end there. That's a pretty solid deal for Miami. I do think Ramsey's closer to being a future safety than he is to that star cornerback, though. Just as he's getting up there in age, they should look to move him over sooner than later just to preserve him. But for now, this this season, next season, he's going to be able to compete as, at a high level as a corner. And to get him for virtually nothing, he's a superstar in the league. You know, somebody who's going to put up a borderline, possibly future Hall of Fame career. He's just a phenomenal talent. And then he gets to go up against like a Tyreek Hill and a Waddle every week. He gets to be better. He gets to see up close what these speed guys do. He didn't really have that with the Rams going up against like Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson, you know, a few weeks of Odell Beckham Jr. These bona fide speedster superstars is something that he never had a chance to go up against day in and day out in practice too. So that'll help him escalate his game a bit more. And I just think for both sides, it's a deal that that works out well. You weren't really going to get much for Ramsey with his contract hit and with how he played this season. Maybe the Rams see something in Hunter Long that nobody else does. They've had a carousel at tight end that, you know, hasn't really worked out for them. So maybe they see something in him that can help out whoever's throwing for them, whether it be Baker Mayfield, Jacoby Brissett, I don't know. Whoever is quarterbacking for them might be able to have that safety blanket. And they can use that third rounder and maybe move up a little bit in the draft or take somebody solid. It's pick number 77, top 100 pick. It's not a bad pick at all. It was just time to move on, and I think I think it's a good deal for both sides, ultimately. Definitely agree there. Great move for both sides. And I think Jalen Ramsey, there's not a lot of pressure. I mean, there's a lot of pressure put on him to be the face of the defense when he was in Jacksonville, and then he was this big-ticket addition for the Rams in their Super Bowl run. But for Miami now, you already have Xavier Howard in place. You have Javon Holland, a great young safety in place. You have a lot of other guys in the front seven. And Vic Vangio, their new defensive coordinator, as well this offense is, I mean, that's the identity of this team. And it's year two for Mike McDaniel. So I think this is a great move for Miami. Didn't cost that much. And for the Rams too. Uh, you're getting a little bit back. Not a bad pick in the third. Maybe you can move up if there's someone you like ahead. I mean, let's remember Sean McVay. He loved Cole Strange last year in the draft. He went to New England in the first round. And McVay had kind of had that, uh, I don't know, famous or infamous uh, reaction to it on the podium during one of his interviews when Cole Strange got drafted. He was kind of this guy. All of us were scratching our heads like, who is this? We didn't hear about this guy. Why is he going in round one? But McVay absolutely saw it. He's a great uh, evaluator of talent. So he'll make the most of whatever picks he has, but let's move into the free agency that started today. The legal tampering period. None of these deals will become official until the new league year starts this Wednesday at 4 PM Eastern March 15th. But as it stands right now, Denver is making a flurry of moves. They're looking to boost the offensive line for Russell Wilson and a hopeful return to form by Javante Williams. He suffered the knee injury last year. Mike McGlinchey coming over from San Francisco. Ben Powers, a guard coming over from Baltimore, I believe, as well as they added Jarrett Stidham, who he didn't play too bad for two games for the Raiders at the end of last year. He'll come in and back up Russell Wilson. And Zach Allen, a underrated, I think, rotational guy. I always liked from Arizona. He also comes into Denver. 
Rumor also has it they're shopping their receivers, guys like Jerry Judy, Corland Sutton. They are on the market. There's plenty of receiver needy teams, and this isn't a great receiver free agent class. And there's a couple guys I like in the draft class at the top, but not very deep at receiver in the draft like we've seen in recent years. What do you guys think so far for Sean Payton's new look Broncos as they try to rewrite the script and leave 2022 behind? I love it. Um, I do love it. And while I think they're shopping their receivers, I don't think they're going to get rid of all three of them. I think they just have let it be known that all of them are available. Take your pick and see if they can get some assets. They understand, you know, they have thrown quite a bit of money around already, but I love fortifying the offensive line, not with one, but with two really good signings. We know, you know, Broncos general manager George Patton said like we need to upgrade the offensive line well he went out there and did that going and getting Mike McGlinchey and Ben Powers both of those guys are going to immediately give Russell Wilson a bit more protection it'll calm things down for him I think Denver understood that for Russell Wilson's sake they needed to protect him. They need to let him be confident in the pocket, let him know that, you know, they do believe in him. They are going to surround him with resources and tools to win football games. And again, they understand that in playing in a division with the Kansas City Chiefs, you have to have offensive firepower. And in order to do that, you need an offensive line and you need time to throw because you will need to throw to keep up with the Chiefs. Guess what you need an offensive line for as well, to run the football. And that is how you beat the Chiefs, by keeping Mahomes off the field when he can. Yeah, the, the Broncos O-line was an issue last year. They had a lot of trouble keeping Russ upright, especially now that Russ is getting older and isn't as mobile. We saw that last year. That wasn't just Hackett's play calling. That was Russ's age catching up to him a little bit, where his legs weren't working like they used to. So adding a guy like McGlinchey, who I think is a top-tier uh, right tackle. I think he's a top-three one in the league. It's going to solidify that right side. Powers is a fantastic guard. It's going to go a long way to helping them compete, like Ben said. I just don't know if it's enough. I just think that there's too much talent in the West where this is just going to be money spent. I'm not even sure if it's going to be well spent. You had a lot of top. You have a lot of good uh, pass rushers there. McGlinch is going to have to go against uh, Bosa every uh, twice a year now. Is he going to be able to do that consistently, especially as he ages? Cause he's a little up there in age too. I just think that the Broncos have a lot other, a lot more pressing issues than the offensive line. than they're really letting on. And I think this is a good signing for them. It's going to stabilize them a little bit, but just then also the idea of them trying to trade away their three top receivers it's like two steps forward, uh, was it one step forward, two steps back? They're they're making some good moves and then ones that just really have me scratching my head. And I just don't get I don't get the direction they're trying to go here. Yeah, certainly Denver might be trying to put band-aids on things you really should go to the ER for. So we'll see how it works out for them this year. Obviously a very disappointing and no one uh inside the state of Colorado ever wants to hear the phrase let's ride again let's talk some linebackers though the Chicago Bears did not stop at trading away the first overall pick they added a couple of stud linebackers to this young defense that didn't have a lot of talent 
TJ Edwards from Philly, Tremaine Edmonds from Buffalo. Try saying those names five times fast. And I mean, this is a big loss. Indianapolis, future Hall of Famer, Bobby Okereke. He goes where else? The New York Football Giants. You guys got a great one. It's just unfortunate we couldn't pay him. Uh, we already threw a lot of money to uh, Darius Shaquille Leonard. Use whichever first name you want. But I imagine you guys pretty excited about getting Okereke here. And then what do you also do you guys think about the Bears adding those couple stud guys? I'm really excited about Okereke. And just hearing how the Colts fans have been talking about him has really been just a nice uh, breath of fresh air. The Giants haven't had a linebacker since Antonio Pierce, you know, 15 years ago. And this signing is very similar to that. Both guys are 26. Both guys were the same number on the previous team. That's about it right now with the comparisons. But they both, you know, are bringing hope to the Giant fans that they found a Mike linebacker that could really stabilize their defense. The Giants have had horrific linebacker play for years. And I know Ben loves Tate Crowder, go dogs and all that. But hey, hey, as much as I root for the guy, I'm not going to sit there and say Tate Crowder's the Mike linebacker of the future. It's just something that the Giants haven't been able to hammer down in a while. People thought that they were going to draft Isaiah Simmons a few years ago. That was a possibility. Obviously, that didn't work out. It's just a position of no importance to the last couple Giants uh, front offices. Glad to see Joe Shane making it a priority. I'm excited to see him as a big tackler. You know, we had Blake Martinez for a year in a game, pretty much. And he was, you know, fantastic for us just tackling everybody. But he wasn't a true Mike linebacker either. And Okereke seems to really fit into what Wink Martindale does. But the Giants should double down and sign somebody else for the linebacker spot too. Really go hard right there. That was your biggest weakness on the whole team, I think, last year. But moving on to the other two linebackers signed. Yeah, TJ Edwards, Tremaine Edmonds. I'm not going to say that five times fast, Ryan. Don't you uh, don't you try to put, put that in my head because I will do it. Those are two guys I wanted the Giants to go after. Edmonds signed for a boatload of money. Four years, $72 million, 50 guaranteed. That's insanity to me. But he's young and he's great, so he, he deserves it. The Bears are just uh, – the Bears are doing, it seems like, what the Giants did in 2016, though. Lots of high-priced, big-name free agents that you'll be paying for years down the line. The Bears aren't ready to compete. They won't be ready to compete no matter what they do this year. They might play better, but it's all going to be surface level. They need depth. The Bears were horrible last year. That's why they got the first overall pick. But what they do have that a lot of teams don't have in that position is a franchise quarterback, which I think Justin Fields can be. I just think they have a lot more pressing issues than linebacker is really going to be a fix for them. Linebackers are almost like the running back of the defense in a way. They are the, uh, they're the position you fill out last because you need a good safety. You need great D backs and corners. You need great pass rushers and run stuffers. So they seem to be the last piece to fill in to really solidify a defense. So I just don't know if they're going about this rebuild the right way, putting a lot of money into those two linebackers. But, you know, they're great players, and great players are always good to have on your team. I think 
um, the big thing to look at here too, uh, in terms of linebackers, right? I understand those guys are free agents, so they un- they need to give them money to entice them to go to Chicago where it hasn't been great. But when you had Roquan Smith and you weren't going to pay Roquan Smith, why would you go pay these guys? I mean, Roquan Smith was one of the best linebackers in the league playing for you. And you just let him walk so you could go pay someone else. If I'm Roquan Smith, I'm looking at that and I'm pissed. But I think another linebacker who signed, but he re-signed. And that's Jermaine Pratt, another one I like here as well in the linebacker group. Three years, $21 million. That entire contract is worth almost one year of Edmonds' contract. So, you know, I think that's a great signing for Cincinnati. And while I think Chicago will be better with those two guys, I agree. It's a lot like what the Giants went out and did in 2016 that ultimately got Jerry Reese fired, I'm pretty sure, because that was the end of the line for him. It was his one last push for another Super Bowl. He didn't get it. And ultimately he was fired and then began the Dave Gettleman era. What a dark time. But, you know, Speaking of the Giants, though, and brighter times, I love this move for them as well. I think they needed someone who can really solidify the middle of the defense and run the defense. I think their middle of the field has been a vacancy lately. The last few years, they've kind of just been plugging guys in. Jalen Smith, the fact that he came in and played the way he did, Um, and basically took over the starting job after getting signed to the practice squad really speaks for itself. You know, he was great for the Giants last year, did everything that they could have asked for, but it's time to go get a real linebacker, and that is what they did. So you cannot be more thrilled about the move for the New York Giants. Yeah, Okereke is the real deal, and he's great at tackling. He is a complete linebacker. He's great. Uh, in the past game as well. So when Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojolari are pinning the ears back and going after the quarterback, you do not have to worry about who's covering the tight end or covering the middle zone of the field for your defense. Ben, you mentioned the Bengals bringing back Jermaine Pratt. Two guys they did not bring back were their starting safeties from the last couple of years. Jesse Bates, who went to the Atlanta Falcons in a monster deal earlier today, and Von Bell also going to the NFC South to Carolina. They're making plenty of moves, having a great offseason in my eyes so far. Von Bell just is a small part of that. Didn't get as lucrative of a contract as Bates, but worth his money nevertheless. And Patrick Peterson, while we're in the AFC North, he goes from the Vikings to the Pittsburgh Steelers, hoping that he can help solidify that secondary while Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt do their thing up front. So, Corey, of those three, what are your thoughts? Which one did you like the most? Well, I just want to throw out there real quick with the Bengals. I think it's low-key a smart move to move on from those guys. Yes, their uh, attributes are going to be tough to replace for the team, but they're getting up there in age, and Zach Taylor has made it a point that he wants to keep getting younger. He doesn't want to keep paying guys that are aging. They're going to be on the wrong side of 30. Von Bell, this will be his age of 30 season. It's just it's a tough pill to swallow, but for the long term, if they can get younger, talented guys in there, if they're going to be ben- they're going to benefit from it. So I think this might end up being a pretty savvy move, but the move I like the most, I love Pat Pete to the Steelers. The Steelers will always have a vaunted defense. 
Pat Pete's got a few more years of decent corner play in him. He wasn't great last year, but he wasn't bad. And he's another guy that that he's going to make a graceful move to safety. And I don't think there's a better team to do that with than the Steelers. Tomlin's going to get everything he can get he can out of Peterson. And I think he might be the best coach Peterson's ever had in his career. And that's saying something. I think that's a great move. I just love how he's going to supplement their defense. The Steelers, if they can figure out their offense a little bit more, they might be back next year competing for a for a wild card at the very least. Ben, what do you think of those safeties moving to the NFC South? I think it is good to see some of the talent getting back into the NFC. I think that these are just strong moves. I think for the Falcons' sake, it's good to just bring in talent. Uh, You can only be so talent-deprived. So for them to go get a safety is big. I think for Carolina, this is a group that was building up a really strong defense under Matt Rule uh, within the draft and really getting a lot of talent there. I think adding, you know, the likes there, uh, it's just a – big spot and a big player to bring in for a team that looks like they might even be able to compete for the division now, especially depending on who they bring in at quarterback. Yeah. Let's transition here to our least favorite moves and our overall favorite moves. I'll start here. My least favorite move is the Bengals letting both of these safeties go. I mean, I think you need to look for a little consistency. Their secondary is not the greatest to begin with. You guys have been very vocal on guys like Eli Apple. Um, a few weeks ago, I wrote an article on trash the the Outsider Sports website saying Jalen Ramsey is on the trade block. I believed he would get traded. I didn't think it would be for this little. And I also pegged the Bengals as the team that would trade for him. And I didn't know how, how the financials would work out. Obviously the Bengals have a couple of great offensive players. They're going to need to start setting some money aside for, but you mentioned about these guys aging Jesse Bates, only 26, very much in the prime of his career. They drafted a safety in the uh, first or second round somewhere there last year. So they're looking to give him the reins, but I don't know. Jesse Bates, I think is a guy, maybe they could have tried harder to retain. I think Um, with those offensive guys you mentioned that they have to pay, you just know that the money's not going to be there. I think that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, I get it. At the end of the day, the NFL is still a business, but I mean, who are they really paying defensively? Obviously, you you could pay your quarterback big money and a couple receivers big money. I mean, we talk about Joe Mixon probably being on the trade or cut block. That should save you some money. I know they have a couple – offensive line free agents i even heard they might end up getting moved so i don't know to me it just makes sense jesse bates was one of their best players i think regardless of position you do what you can to keep your best players on your team von bell sure he's older he's been around the block a bit no problems there but to let both these guys go and i mean to me now they have another void uh, in the secondary with the other safety opposite of, I believe it was Daxon Hill was his name that they drafted. But for you guys, uh, Corey, we'll start with you. Who, what was your least favorite move so far? My least favorite move was Matt Breida re-signing with the Giants. He just got a one-year $2.4 million deal. Doesn't sound like a lot, right? But that's $2.4 million that the Giants now don't have to spend elsewhere. That's money that they could have used towards a Saquon 
uh, contract this year. You don't need to re-sign a backup running back. He did his job last year. You're going to run Saquon into the ground next year if you don't sign him with a contract, right? So why not use a fourth-round pick, a later-round pick, to sign, to draft one, maybe two running backs, to fill out that backfield? Nobody was going out of their way to sign Breida on day one of free agency, right? So I just think this was a waste of a move and something that the Giants didn't need to do. They could have got somebody in the draft, could have ate some, uh, ate, ate some uh, time on the field for Saquon, gave him a breather, done what Breida did last year. Breida wasn't spectacular. He did his job, but that was about it. It's just a move that I, I just wish they didn't do and they can utilize that money elsewhere in a much more beneficial way to the team. Yeah, Corey, I agree with you. I think that it wasn't necessary to bring Breida back. I think it's a position they could have supplemented more in the draft. Now, the signing I like the least is over in Tennessee, and I understand the Titans need offensive linemen, especially because they very well could have a new starter at every single position on the offensive line this year. But signing Andre Dillard to a three-year, $29 million deal does not look like it's it, man. I don't know. I do not like this. I understand he was a first-rounder back in 2019, but he couldn't nail down a starting spot in the offensive line. He only played 677 snaps through his first uh, couple of seasons, 19 through 21. And he only played 37 snaps this past season. I understand the Eagles have had one of the best offensive lines in the league, but this guy couldn't get onto the field. And for him to only play 37 snaps last year while healthy and to get, you know, $29 million over three years is just absurd to me. I understand that it's not like all guaranteed. I am pretty sure like none of it's guaranteed, but you have to figure the Titans, you know, the way they set this contract up, they plan on Dillard being their starting tackle who can occasionally move into guard if they need to. And I don't, it's just a lot of money to give to an unproven guy. I get the first round pedigree, but he's just not good. Let me just say, as a Colts fan, I love all the moves the Titans are making so far this offseason. I'm, I'm, you know, there's that meme of guy in his pajamas going to his sister's wedding and then in the suit. Oh, I'm that's what I'm wearing for the Titans' downfall. But let's end things up here on a lighter note. The moves we did like. I'll start by cheating a little bit. It's really two moves, but it's one that I've been calling for the last few weeks. It's for Miami and San Francisco to add backup quarterbacks. They did just that. Again, nothing becomes official until Wednesday, but Miami will be adding Mike White, who showed plenty of promise in a couple spot starts for the Jets over the last two years. He'll probably be the backup to Tua. I don't know if Teddy Bridgewater is officially a free agent, and, and Skylar Thompson didn't look too, too bad. Certainly better than we thought he would in that playoff game against Buffalo. But this is just, a, I think, a better option should Tua miss time. And we talked about the Jalen Ramsey move and some of the other moves Miami has made. I think if Tua gives you 10, 12 games this year, and if Mike White has to fill in the rest, I like where Miami could end up this season. And out in the Bay Area, San Francisco, obviously Jimmy Garoppolo leaves. Trey Lance had two ankle surgeries. Brock Purdy is going to miss a lot of time with the elbow injury. So bringing in a guy like Sam Donald, I don't even really like the term backup quarterback in San Francisco, just alternative starters. 
we've seen plenty of guys in Kyle Shanahan's systems find success running this offense. We'll see how the Mike McGlinchey loss affects this team up front. But as long as they still have guys like George Kittle, obviously Sam Darnold gets to reunite with Christian McCaffrey from their short time together in Carolina. But these are two underrated moves that I think could pay big dividends for their respective teams this year. Uh, Ben, I want to throw it to you first here. What was your favorite move so far? My favorite move is a move for my New York Giants, and it's bringing back Sterling Shepard. I understand that he is 30 years old now, but, you know, he only played three games last year, and Brian Dable raved about him. You can tell how much he liked him and how involved he was. This is a team that doesn't have a lot of wide receiver depth, so bringing Shepard back at least adds to that. And, you know, you didn't have him last year. You hope he could stay healthy. You've got the grass coming in at MetLife. So hopefully that makes a difference. And, you know, this is a veteran minimum deal. It's it's $1.3 million. How can you not like it? It is literally the lowest amount you could have signed Sterling Shepard for. I, I'm I'm thrilled about it. I love the guy Shep. Corey knows I'm a big fan of Shep. And he continues to be a leader for this team. And I think that's the other big reason why they wanted to bring him back. And the fact that it took as long as it did right till up to free agency leads me to believe that Daniel Jones had said to these guys, I want Starling Shepard back. Corey, your favorite move was a big one. We haven't talked about yet, both figuratively and literally. Yeah. My favorite move was the uh, Kansas City Chiefs really shoring up that left side, protecting Mahomes' blind side. Juwan Taylor was four years, 80 million, 60 guaranteed. But before I get into that, I do need to comment on what Ben said. I was going to say it if Ben didn't. For as long as I've known Ben, and as long as Shepard's been a giant, Ben has been one of the biggest Shepard supporters I've known. And, you know, I love this for him, but I love this for the team. He was a he's a great, you know, uh player to bring back. He really coached everybody up. Coaching's in his future. So I wouldn't be surprised if they brought him on staff once he decides his career is done. But I do love that Shepard to the Giants move too. But now back to the Kansas City move. I loved it. Bringing Jawan uh Taylor in from Jacksonville to be their left tackle, especially after letting Orlando Brown Jr. go. They basically set what the price for the tackle market is right there. And now they know they're going to pay less than what Brown's going to get on the market. Whoever's going to sign Orlando Brown, they're going to have to pay a whole lot more. And the, the Chiefs just basically won that uh, that matchup right there, that little chicken match between them and Orlando Brown, just because they get a fantastic player and they're going to pay less than what they would have if they signed Brown for a long-term deal. You, ha- you have Mahomes, right? You, you need to protect him. You need to protect his blind side most of all. That's the only position on the offensive line that has a, you know, moniker like that because it's true. It's the side the quarterback can't see coming. So you need to make sure the quarterback feels confident in who he has blocking for him over there. And Jawan Taylor, he's a fantastic player. And I think this was just a phenomenal deal for them. Left tackles are always pricey, but I think they got a good one at a fair price. Yep, Kansas City adds a big piece up front as they look to reload for their title defense this upcoming season. And if coaching is in the future for Sterling Shepard, maybe he could be the next coach of the Las Vegas Vipers in the XFL because they dropped to 0-4 this past weekend. 
and something is clearly not working there. So that'll do it for today's show. Thanks for tuning in with us again. Let's call this part one of the NFL free agency frenzy. Plenty of big names. Guys like CJ Gardner Johnson is still out there. He has not signed a deal yet unless it's happened in the last couple minutes as we're recording this. As I check my phone. No, nothing yet. Aaron Rodgers, we're waiting for the official announcement on that as well as Lamar Jackson. We will have all of that next week. So bring it back right here. Thank you for listening to another episode.